This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. All right, Rashad is retelling his old Shea story to Brandon and to Marcus in the hallway because they're going to cover the Placer game. (laughs) Because they hadn't heard it, and I was like, "God, ah, who? Just tell them they'll be on in a second. Yeah, well, that's that's the Blazers for you. I don't, I don't think anybody here has really any good stories to tell about the franchise, at least the front office. I think uh, the one thing you can't say about the Blazers is they, I think, draft guys that you and bring in guys that you can like and relate to and think are pretty good character guys. Think of guys like Damian Lillard. Guy, you wouldn't. I that, mean, that's why I said his his strength. He has a lot of weaknesses. His strength. He's a good scout. He is. Yeah. He has found a lot of good. I mean, think of Jake Lehman in the second round. He's become an impact player. Think of Will Barton. In the I was just round. about to bring up Barton. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lillard, CJ. You know, he got something for Swanigan. Not that Scal's been anything, but maybe right. And maybe Anthony Simons is something. So that's what I would give him credit for. Tiger tie for the lead now. 12 under with Xander Shoffley, Francesco Molinari, and uh, Tiger out there with them at 12 under. Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Kepka, 11 under. Jason Day, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, 10 under. Now, that's a leaderboard. There you <laughs> that's go. That's a really good leaderboard that's right awesome. now. And they're getting down to it. So I have made the executive decision not to turn the Yankees on at 10, and I'm going to watch the Masters to the end because I feel like that is more important. Although I'll put the Yankees on my phone in front of me (laughs) so I can still keep an eye on what's happening. But let's dive into the rest of the playoffs. There is a whole swath of stuff to get to. I guess we'll start with yesterday because three games have already, or four games, I keep saying three, four games have already gone final and three home teams lost yesterday. Crazy, right? The Nets beat the Sixers 111-102. The Magic and DJ Augustine. With a game-winning three with like four seconds to go, beat the Raptors 104-101, and the Spurs topped the Nuggets 101-96. Warriors dispatched the Clippers 121-104. Steph Curry was insane, 38 points, hit most of his three-pointers. Number one all-time three-pointers made in playoff history. That's crazy. Passed Ray Allen and did so in like half the games that Ray Allen had that's in the playoffs. Crazy. That's crazy. Isn't that, that's, isn't that a crazy feat? Like something that took Ray Allen oh, damn near 15 years to, to accomplish, Steph did it in like six it is a feat, but I'm also – I'm finding it hard to be super impressed about it because the game has changed and he is the best three-point shooter of all time. So it's like that's great, but we knew that would happen eventually. 
So it's like, hey, it, it happened. But cool. like, even still, he's about to break Ray Allen's uh, record and what, two seasons? That will be Steph's, what, 10th season? And he will have done that? Like, that's that's crazy. Like, for someone to come in and really revolutionize the game with just one shot, like, it's it's nuts. So I'm going to generally ignore the Warriors-Clippers series because... As everyone else should. We know it's not going to be pretty. The Clippers were the worst team in the West playoffs, and uh, they will prove that against the Warriors. But let's start with the Sixers. They did not look good. Joel Embiid is, is playing hurt, so I guess that is... An important thing to note, he was 5 of 15 from the floor at 15 boards. He did have 22 points. He had shot 18 free throws, but he just didn't look the same. Uh, ben Simmons did not have a good game. He was minus 21 when he was on the court. J.J. Reddick got in foul trouble. He was minus 21 when he was on the court. He fouled out of the game. Jimmy Butler played well. Jimmy Butler was the only player who played well, really, on, on the Sixers. Is this a series where you actually look at the Nets and say maybe they can win this? Because we looked at the Sixers and said – that's a super team right there, right? You got Simmons, Embiid, Butler, and and Tobias Harris, but the Nets made them look kind of foolish in that game. It was never really that close. The Nets were – there was a little moment there where it got, it got a little bit close, I think, in the fourth, but the Nets kind of controlled it the entire way, and D'Angelo Russell looked, looked the part. No, D'Angelo Russell has really learned how to play basketball over the past few years. He's a much better jump shot than he ever did when he was in L.A. He's able to, to penetrate – uh, remember, D'Angelo Russell was the second overall pick in the draft. Like, he's somebody that was projected to do this. People thought that he would be this good to where he would be an all-star level player, and that's exactly what he is. And so last night in that game, he showed how good that he could really be. Chris LeVert, now do I expect him to come in the game and give you 23 off the bench again? Probably not. But he's one of those guys that can really light it up if you give him the opportunity to, to do that. I'm just looking at a Sixers team and saying, man – we were going to have this conversation about which players were the most important to the playoffs for their teams. Joel Embiid is absolutely the most important person to the 76ers' success. If he just if he plays subpar, then they're not going to win. And it's hard to call 22 and 15 and five blocks subpar. But you you just said it. There were times where he just didn't look like himself. He wasn't as spry as he typically is, and when he's able to move around the way he wants he to. He said the pain is bad, and he's just going to – it's all about a pain tolerance. And, and I mean, it's not going to get better through the playoffs. You know, the, the intensity is going to be uh, even tougher. It's going to be even higher. Teams are playing better defense. You're playing the best teams in the NBA at this point. So you're not going to get an off night anymore. So if, if he's really hurt, that's going to mean the world for them because Ben Simmons, we know he can't shoot, at least not yet. Three assists last night. Man, that's not going to work if you're Ben Simmons, somebody that we know can average a triple-double if he really put his mind to it. So I'm looking at a lot of guys on this team that just they just didn't play well. Tobias Harris with four points, word? He didn't look good either. No, I mean, and uh, Ben Simmons who says, man, if you're going to boo, stay on that side. Well, Philadelphia booed Santa Claus. Yeah. Philadelphia that, booed. That when, is a bad yeah. look on Ben Simmons. You know where you're playing. No, you know you're And playing. you know how badly you played in that game. I know it was only uh, a nine-point game at the end. The Sixers looked like they did not belong in that game. I watched most of that game. It was it was the Nets all the way. I mean, it was it was kind of embarrassing. And I think the the Sixers should be embarrassed by that performance, not blaming the fans for booing them in a city that is most famous for booing everybody all the time. Yeah, no, you you got to let that go. And if you're going to be that thin skinned, then Philly is not the place uh, for you. So Ben Simmons has to play better. You know, Embiid uh, is important. Ben Simmons is the ball handler, the primary ball handler. I think Jimmy Buckets is going to do what Jimmy Buckets does. You don't really have to worry about him when it comes time for playoff time. He's just going to perform. 
But everybody else in that team, they have something to prove, and it starts with the the man in the middle, Joel Embiid. The Raptors playoff woes. LeBron is out of the East, but they are continuing. They lose to the Orlando Magic, 104-101. DJ Augustine <laughs> shredded them. DJ Augustine shredded them. 25 points at the game-winning shot. Uh, the, the big thing of note in this one is Kyle Lowry scored zero points. Zero. He, zero. He was 0 for 7. He had seven rebounds. He had eight assists. He had scored zero points. Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard played well, 25 points. Pascal Siakam played well, 24 points. Kyle Lowry scored zero points. And if Kyle Lowry scores four points, they win this game. Like, that, that's, the, that's the funny part about this game. You look at this Orlando team who a lot of people feel like is – isn't really supposed to be there or, you know, they, they weren't as good named for three players from Orlando, man, Fournier can play, you know, we, for, we kind of, he kind of reminds me of like a poor man's Ginobili. You know, he's somewhere, he's somebody that can do a lot of everything, can shoot an open three pointer if necessary, man, Fournier can play. Aaron Gordon is just okay. But Vukovic and DJ Augustine, um, are really where they shine. DJ Augustine last night, the best game of his career, quite yeah. possibly. I mean, playoffs. that's Augustine. why I'm saying DJ yeah. Augustine. DJ Augustine, he can put, but he can he can score when necessary. He just happened to hit the shot when when they needed. Right, he's only end. averaging 11 points a game this year. I mean, that was a, and I think that's the story of the Magic. Like everybody on the team is only averaging 10 or 11 points, nine points, and yet and still they play a team game. But because they play in Orlando, nobody pays attention Shaquille O'Neal's not walking through that door <laughs> neither is <Dwight laughs> Penny Hardaway's not walking through that door Tracy just, McGrady, yeah yeah so the, this is the team you gotta deal with it's amazing how many good players run the magic at one point oh my <laughs> gosh man uh that's one to keep an eye on I don't think the Raptors are going to lose that series by any means but they have a history of choking in the playoffs so we'll see if that comes back to bite them coming up next segment Spurs beat the Nuggets in game one in a series that many are predicting San Antonio to win and then the other series that are beginning today this is Sports Sunday on the fan Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Tiger Woods for birdie to take the lead at the Masters. Hello, friends. Just missed oh, it right. Oh, come on, Tiger. Just missed come it right. Come on, Tiger. He, he should have an easy par to at least keep up with the leaders right now. Just missed it to the right. Uh, Just a bit outside. I felt like I had to turn to the gym dance. Hello, friends. While the pillow is going. I didn't want to just have silence. Is 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 that the best open to because I mean I think we all know what that means and we all know what that's, you know, the the introduction to. Is that I've always been a fan of you're looking live from Brent Musburger. And that was just what he did. You're looking live. Mm-hmm. I like that. But no, I, I think hello, friends. It's only it's only when he does golf coverage when he says that, right? Yeah, he doesn't do that for anything else. So yeah, I, I, yeah, that's pretty iconic. I just I love that he I love his kind of smug personality when he's broadcasting this tournament. He he was interviewing Nick Faldo. I saw a clip of this earlier, and he made him cry in the interview. It's his broadcast partner, and Faldo was like, "I can't believe you did that." He was like, "Mm hmm, mm hmm," and he kept like saying, "Give me more emotion, come on." <laughs> he's weird. He's very strange when he does this, but. Yeah, Hello Friends is quite a, quite iconic, and I am I am a fan of it. So, Tiger just missed a a long birdie putt to take the lead, but he should be still good to go unless someone else who's tied with him 
gets a birdie elsewhere. We'll keep you abreast of what's happening there. So Spurs beat the Nuggets yesterday, 101-96 in Denver. And I actually saw a lot of experts picked San Antonio to win this series. No one believes in the Nuggets. And yesterday was, I guess, as good as as good of proof as any as to why. They they almost felt like they were on a stage too big for them, even though they were the two seed. And even though Nikola Jokic had a uh, triple-double, 10 points, 14 assists, 14 boards, I didn't feel his impact on the game the same way I felt LaMarcus Aldridge's and DeMar DeRozan's and the, the rest of the Spurs players. I mean, it, Rudy Gay had a great game yesterday. I felt like the Spurs controlled it from the, le- from the tip and the Nuggets were chasing the entire time. And that's why you don't want to play Greg Popovich in the playoffs because he'll do that to you, even if he doesn't have the best team. I think the Nuggets might be in trouble. I mean, they did not hit threes yesterday. They were 6-28 from three, which was a big problem. But I think the Nuggets might be in trouble in this series. I think there's a lot of teams that could be in trouble in this playoff run if the Spurs um, play the way I think we think the Spurs can. Only because you're looking at a team to where it used to be you knew where you were going to be beat with the Spurs. You knew it was going to come from Duncan at a point, David Robinson. uh, You knew it was going to come from Parker and Ginobili. But now that those guys aren't there, man, you have an opportunity to really spread it out, you know, amongst everybody. LaMarcus Aldridge, we don't have to tell anybody here in Portland how special that guy is as a basketball player. Even though he's older and not quite as good, he still can make an impact, and you saw it last night. Absolutely. He can still have a good game, man. Derek White uh, is able to step in and have a great game for them. He's the one who made the the steal at the end of the game. He is. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is still an all-star level player and still pro- and still one of the best shooting guards in the entire NBA. Just so can't shoot the three. He just can't shoot the three, but, you know, can't, can't have it all, I guess, you know, at least yet. And so you have a lot of guys. Rudy Gay coming off the bench still able to give you double figures and points. Like, they have really balanced scoring from a lot of people. And a lot sometimes it's not going to be LaMarcus getting – 22 and 12 it's not going to go like that sometimes so they're going to they have the ability to really spread it out marco bellinelli is able to come in the game and get 12 easy points you know all three pointers like these are things that the spurs can do so you never know exactly how you're going to be beat by them we know they can swing 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 find the open guy and make that shot if they need to kind of change thing and let one player take over they can do that so it's the spurs are going to be one of those teams to hard to kind of pin down as far as how they're going to play I just, watching that game, the Nuggets looked like they were in in for it. It looked like they stepped into some pants that were too big for them and they were not ready for the moment. And I kind of like the Nuggets, so that's a little bit sad. But if you want to if you want to say the Blazers have a chance against the Thunder, either team that wins this series, I think you would say, well, hey, maybe they have a chance against the Spurs or Nuggets too. So, you know, that's way, 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 way far away if they can even beat OKC, which I don't think they will. But... It is it is a possibility, and you put yourself in a good spot to at least have that be be a possibility if you can win. The other series today, outside of the Blazers, we talked all hour one basically was Blazers. So, last show up tires podcast for that. If you want to hear our preview of the series before the first game at twelve thirty, one game's already underway. Pacers Celtics is probably the most intriguing Eastern Conference series, and what I'm most interested in this is whether or not the Pacers without Victor Oladipo can keep this going because they've been able to do it in the regular season. You thought when Oladipo went down for the year that the Pacers were done, they stayed in the top four and they finished right where they were supposed to at the five seed, but they finished right there uh, without Oladipo and and played a very, very even kind of Spurs like season under Nate McMillan. So I'm curious to see if they can do that. 
And also, without Marcus Smart, if the Celtics and Kyrie Irving can can have a playoff series to remember. I think the Pacers have a young team um, that are too dumb to know that they're not supposed to be this good. You know, they don't have their star in Victor Oladipo. They have a, a, a good veteran in Wesley Matthews that's able to tell them uh, exactly, you know, how things are supposed to be done. So far, Matthews has... Uh, eight points to, to start this game for, or excuse me, six points uh, to start the game for them. So uh, I think the Pacers are one of those teams that they play great defense and they play together. Like they're not so much reliant on a star. Kind of reminds me of Boston last year. Boston wasn't relying on Kyrie Irving and they weren't relying on Gordon Hayward because they didn't have them there. So it forced them to play a different style of basketball. And what do you know? It was, you know, really good basketball. It's kind of the Celtics have taken a step backwards because now they've had to figure out how to work these two superstars into a mix that was already perfect and already working the right way. And so I think the Pacers have a little bit of that right now. Um, it's almost like if you're a, a great quarterback and you lose your number one receiver, but then you have a better season afterwards because now you're not just eyeballing one guy. You can spread it out, you know, uh, for for everybody, and I think that's what the Celtics are. Excuse me, what the Pacers are doing, and what the Celtics were doing last year. The other two series today, one of them Bucks Pistons. I feel like you can throw that out. It's like the Warriors Clippers series. The Bucks are going to win that series. The Pistons are not good. The Bucks are very good. I think Milwaukee wins that fairly easily. The other one is Jazz Rockets, and that is mighty, mighty intriguing in my opinion. The Rockets are better than the four seed, but they struggled early in the year. They had weak points. And even James Harden wasn't able to pull them out of some of their struggles. Hence why they are the four seed. But the Jazz are a good playoff team. They're a team that are sneaky good that I think most teams will overlook because you're like, oh, who's this Joe Ingles guy? He looks like he looks like a teacher. And he's shooting threes over here and playing good defense. And you know they have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, but they're not top of the game stars quite yet. And you say, we well, could beat them. And, you know, I, maybe the Rockets will, and I, I I do think the Rockets will, but do not be surprised if this game goes six or seven and the Jazz are in every single game because they're not a team that is just a, an easy win at the five seed for Houston. Oh, no, the, the Utah is going to be a, a tough out for everybody. You know, I, 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 I don't care who Utah could have played. They could have played the Warriors in the first round, and I think the Utah would have gave them a, a tough series. But the Warriors still have won, absolutely. But it, it would have been a hard-fought four games to win that. But – Utah is incredibly tough. They've always been tough. They play great defense. They play great team defense. Uh, Gobert is arguably the best uh, defensive big man in the league. You know, at this point, Donovan Mitchell is one of the one of the good two way players in this league. They were going to be a, a tough out for anybody. Houston's just got too many guys, though. You know, right now, Houston. Houston's playing great. And there, and James Harden. Tell me another dude that. Tell me a better offensive scorer in the league than, than James Harden. Like, tell me somebody who puts up better buckets than him. I, mean, I, I, I can't think of one. Can't? I, I honestly can't think of anybody that do that. Remember, at the beginning of the season, they were like a an eight seed or something like that. They started really terrible. You mentioned the ups and downs. They kind of had lost Chris Paul for a little bit, lost James Harden for a little bit. But yet and still, here they are in the fourth seed, and James Harden's averaging 37 points and like seven assists and something stupid. So Something, something about this Rockets team does scream – weakness to me it's not exactly as dominant well obviously not last it was year last too. year last yeah. year was amazing so and the fact that they're the four seed means guess who they get in the second round if they win golden state that'd be a great series which but... i think could be good only because they've only played golden state in the conference finals that's the only time they've been james harden's been able to play golden state so by that time you're tired you play two 
really good teams in between there, and you get there, and you're just your legs aren't there for Golden State. Golden State have they have tons of legs, so they're not so much worried about that part. Houston, some other teams, they don't really have as many bodies like that that they're actually going to use. So I think they're a little tired. Playing Golden State in the second round, though, could be huge for them just because now we don't have to work as hard. And if Chris Paul can stay healthy through that series, they can beat whomever else they play after that. All right. Let's switch gears to go to hate it or love it next. That was, I mean, that's kind of all the series that are going on in the playoffs. It's a loaded time in sports right now. You got those NHL playoffs. Baseball's going on. Masters right now. And Game of Thrones season premieres tonight. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 uh, so it's a really fun day to stay inside. We'll do Hate It or Love It next. We'll see what, what Jesse has cooked up. But first, he has Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hate it or love it time. Currently, just again, keeping you updated on Zoom Masters, Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley, Brooks Kepka, Francesco Molinari, Tiger Woods all tied atop the leaderboard at 12 under. Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, 11 under. Day's already done. Fowler's through 17, whereas Tiger, Molinari through 14, Kepka 15, Shoffley 16, Johnson 17. So still a lot to go. Still a lot of drama to unfold in front of us here. And uh, was that Molinari hitting it into the water? I believe it was. Let's go, Tiger. He is crumbling, but there's a bunch of other guys who are up there as well. All right, Jesse, what do you have for us on hate it or love it today? All right, let's get this mic in place here. Uh, it's going to do uh, basketball-themed hate it or love it. Hopefully, I can uh, bring a little bit of heat with these topics. Um, but I think one of the things that's a big question mark about the Blazers, why people are kind of down on them, is that you guys have mentioned it. It's kind of the one team that has one superstar not necessarily two superstars especially as a top seed in the higher rated conference uh with that said dame has struggled in the playoffs in years past because of that where teams will be able to focus and take him out of the game love or hate dame will average 20 plus points in this series love i i, I think lillard is ready to get past this last series and get past the struggles in the playoffs that have been harping on him throughout the last couple of years and like i said earlier in the show he every year he comes in with something new and this year it was how to beat the double team it's what beat him last year and he has found multiple ways to beat it he granted nurkic was one of them the pick and roll with nurkic was great he's able to split it himself he has been better at passing the ball out of it before it hits and he's been able to trust his teammates a little bit more this year. Seth Curry has been a revelation off the bench as a three-point shooter and, and playing with the starters in some minutes as well because he can actually hit a shot, which is something the Blazers have not had in a while. And frankly, Al Farouk Aminu can hit a shot this year. He has been he has been quite good at shooting the three-point shot in the season. So, Love, I, I think he'll average 20 or more points, and I think you will see him absolutely go off once or twice this series because he and Westbrook are going to kind of get into a little bit of a back and forth. And I could see him going off for maybe 30 or 40. So, love. Um, I'm going to say love as well. Uh, Westbrook, excuse me, uh, Dame averages this season in four games against OKC, uh, 34 and a half points. 
um, 7.8 assists and about five rebounds a game. Uh, safe to say that Damian Lillard plays really, really well against Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. The question is, everybody else going to be able to play really well against uh, Oklahoma City? Um, Dame is lucky enough to have one of the better jump shots in the league. We like to talk a lot about Steph and Clay and KD and their three-point shooting ability. Man, we can easily go ahead and put Damian Lillard at that fourth spot as far as the best shooters in the league, man. Tell me somebody that shoots with more confidence. Logo Lillard is the, the nickname he earned at the All-Star game because he can pull up from that deep. He can do it in transition. He can do it off a dribble. Uh, there's really no stopping Damian Lillard from being able to do whatever it is he wants to do. Over the last 10 games, his little about fade jumper is great, too. Oh, my gosh, man. Like, fading backwards, no matter from from either side of the floor. Dame offensively uh, doesn't have a hole, you know, as far as the things that he's able to do. And now the one thing we used to talk about a lot is his inability to finish at the rim. Now that's not a problem for him anymore. Dame is easily going to average, at least in my opinion, anywhere over 25 to 30. All right. Nice. Loving throwing out them points. Uh, moving on, we're going to stick with the Blazers. Um, I, I think one thing that you guys touched on already in in this series is uh, Mo Harkless starting to play better because I know in the beginning of the season he was one of those non-factor type of guys off the bench and we have seen in the past how much Harkless can make an impact on this team. Love or hate, Mo Harkless will be the unsung hero of the first round. I'm going to say hate because although the Lakers game was amazing and although he has been better of late, he is still averaging seven points a game. And since his knee injury, his defense hasn't been as good as it was the previous years. He was, we always talked about him and Aminu being great defenders and being guys who could lock down star players. I think since the knee injury, he hasn't been quite as good on the defensive side of the floor. So I'm going to say, hey, I think for me, the key player in this series is Al Farouk Aminu because he's going to be defending Paul George, which is going to be huge. And if he is going to play like he has this season, shooting the ball, and for the most part, handling the ball, then he can be a trustworthy third or fourth option for the Blazers to help them win some games, which is something that we haven't really seen in the past. Remember, though, two years ago against the Warriors, didn't he have a game where he hit like seven threes? If he does that again and, and they win that game and he gets that much more confidence, I think he is the X factor for them this series. It's not Harkless as much as I'd like it to be because I think he gives you more all over the court than Aminu does. I just think he, I, it's, you can't trust him. You can't trust him. Hope for one good game, but you can't trust him. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hate it as well. Um, I would like to think that he's going to be uh, the the X factor here, but the truth, and we're asking about Harkless. Yeah, I'd like to think that, but the truth is, Harkless averages two points against Oklahoma City for the season. Um, he really hasn't shown up to play in, in a, a lot of the games that we've seen this this year. Um, and that's, I don't know if that's before the injury. I don't know if there's some issues with the injury before it happened. But either way, he hasn't been himself. Uh, for me, the guy that, that's going to be the Young Sung's hero has got to be Rodney Hood. It's got to be somebody that's, <laughs> it's on phones making weird noises. Uh, it's it's got to be somebody that's going to come in and be able to get you some instant buckets. We've seen Rodney Hood have some really great games to help the Blazers out of a slump. Uh, we've seen him have some regular, pretty subpar games that the Blazers really needed to maybe move up in, in the standing. So I think he's going to be the guy that you're going to have to look at. He averages a few more points right now uh, than, uh, than Farouk Aminu does. Um, he's been better, a little bit better at home than Al Farouk Aminu does, and especially with these first two games being at home. I think he's really going to be the guy that has to step in and give you a good 15 points. And I, I'm not saying he has to score 25 a game or anything like that. A 20-point game from Rodney Hood would be great, 
But I think a consistent 15 to 17 points a night from Rodney Hood can be everything the Blazers need to be. You are very high on Rodney Hood. I think he's good. I think I remember a guy in Utah that was really good. I think he he went to uh, Cleveland and got his confidence killed at that point, especially uh, getting ready to play in the final in the playoffs. He was in another. uh, Who did we get him from? Milwaukee. Where did we get him from? Cleveland. Cleveland. Who wasn't. Wasn't playing him at all. Now he's in a situation where he can show what he's able to do. We're not asking a whole lot from Rodney Hood. You know, there's somebody that can come in the game and get you that 13 points that we that we banged on Batum for just averaging. Now you wish you had a consistent 13 to 14 points a night. Interesting that you both had a different X factor on that. Just kind of going to show the, we got the question text. marks of the team, but at the same time, the depth the of the depth, roster. Absolutely. We got a text that said Blazers have more X factors than OKC. In other absolutely, words, they, they have do. a better, deeper bench. Deeper, I don't know about better, but deeper, yes. They've got more players who can do it on a night-by-night basis. They've got two my, top ten players. And my that's second option things. would be Seth Curry behind Al Rucamino. Seth's been on fire the second half of the year hitting threes, and if he can be a guy who can hit four or five threes a game, that'll help a ton too. He was definitely my favorite addition in the last offseason. I just thought he was a guy that can come in and be real fun. He was really good in Dallas before he moved on. Um, Tigers in the lead, by the way, guys. Woo-hoo. 13 under through 15. One shot clear of three guys. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Koepka, Xander Shaw. It might just happen. LT Gray. Um, let's move on. Finally, uh, we had a little bit of drama this week in L.A. as the Lakers failed to make the playoffs. Uh, Magic Johnson decided to quit unexpectedly. Um, well, we knew Luke Walton was leaving, but just a lot of stuff going on in the City of Angels. A little bit of a... Uh, of theory theorizing going by Colin Coward is he believes that it's possible that Kobe Bryant might be the guy to come in and replace Magic Johnson. Love or hate, Kobe should replace Magic for the Lakers. Hate, 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 <laughs> hate, hate. Good players make bad front office personnel and bad head coaches for the most part. Kobe Bryant would go in there saying, if you're not doing it my way, you're gone. And guess what? Nobody does it the same way as Kobe Bryant did. He worked harder than everybody. He was more intense than everybody. He was more of an ass than anybody. I mean, Kobe was Kobe for a reason. If you put Kobe in there, the the franchise continues to plummet into the ground because the only guy who's ever been good and in the front office, I feel like, is Larry Bird. Larry Bird was good in the front office. Jerry West. Amazing player. Yeah, Jerry West, too. That's a good one. Kobe is not that guy. That, That, to me, is Colin going after a bit of a hot take in the hot take culture right now and trying to find something that that's a sexy thing to get a headline. That is not a good decision. It is not. Uh, I hate it more than I've hated anything in a long time on this, on this segment. (laughs) I don't hate it more than I hate anything in a long time, but I do indeed hate it. Um, If you know anything about Kobe being Bryant, uh, he's been very vocal about the fact that he does not want to be in a front office position. He doesn't want to be an owner. Um, I think basketball is one of those things that is, I believe him when he say it's in his rearview mirror. The first thing Kobe did after he finished basketball was win an Oscar for doing short films. He just became a number one bestseller with a children's book that he's writing. I think Kobe has uh, appreciates basketball for what it's been able to provide for him and for his family, but I don't think he wants to be a front office guy. He's openly said uh, he he's not a good, you know, uh, businessman as far as making those decisions and things like that. I think the cachet of Kobe is better than Magic. I do I do agree with Cowherd in the sense that 
yes, man, these guys grew up idolizing Kobe, respecting Magic, understanding who Magic was for the NBA and what he meant, you know, at that time frame. But they had Kobe's poster on their wall. It was Kobe's jersey that they was rocking and the shoes and everything. So while I think he he could help the Lakers front office, I don't think a president or vice president position at this point is it would be good for Kobe. You've seen what happens when guys that have no experience go into these positions as president and vice president and everything. You can look at our own president. You can look at sports, whatever the case is. Sometimes you need the, the, the guys that have been there to do that job. Rob Palenka uh, is just as inexperienced as Kobe is as far as being a general manager or a front office person for any of these things. Other, other than Palenka being Kobe's friend, Kobe has no business in the front office of any NBA franchise right now. All right. Um, well, I already saw who won. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> the winner is Rashad. Oh, he put the music you. in while before he? he answered it. And I was like, well, <laughs> I lost. Take that. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll get back to our uh, monster. Yeah, our Space Jam thing. So that's going to be coming up next right here on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Last segment, that music means I won hate it or love it. So we're going to talk about the thing we start the show with, grand opening, grand closing. So to start the show, we talked about Space Jam, the new LeBron movie that's coming out, or the, I guess, part two, or is this going to be a whole new adaptation? I think it's Space Jam 2. I don't know okay. what it's going to be. But. Okay. Well, either way, NBA players have kind of given the nano to being a part of Space Jam, uh, the sequel. But um, we were kind of thinking about which ones would be a good addition to the Space Jam uh, franchise. So keep in mind, you have to have two uh, Hall of Fame all-star level players. One that was, that was Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley in the original. Yes, one original, one really good player, all-star level player, and that was Larry Johnson. Yep, a fan favorite and Muggsy Bowes, and then just the, the goofus and uh, Brad or Sean, um, Bradley. Sean Bradley. So we had a couple answers. I think a lot of people. Boban, he's in. I think Boban Marjanovic was the doof. Yeah, let's. I think everybody's kind of said the same thing, so we can go ahead and put him in. I there. think he has a pretty good personality too. He does. I was going to say JaVale McGee, just because I'm thinking Shaq and a fool. I'm thinking of really clumsy Sean Bradley. So I was saying JaVale McGee. Boban makes sense though, so I could I could totally totally get. That. I saw Anthony Davis get thrown out there, and he's you know he seems to be buddy buddy with LeBron, so that could be a good like. Hall That's of Fame the Patrick player. Ewing level That's the Patrick player. Ewing. Yeah. Uh, we also saw someone say uh, James Harden. Um, that could be a good one, yeah. Th- that could be a very good How about this? Another LeBron guy, Chris Paul. Yeah, or hell, Damian Lillard. Yeah. That, that, I LeBron think the, loves Lils. Absolutely. So I think Damian Lillard could very well, because he's the fan favorite. Like, And while he is that all-star level guy, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say a bad word about Damian Lillard. No. Any Any fan or anything, if you're a fan of basketball, I think most people – Love Dane. Also, I mentioned this, and this is a good one that could be for the Muggsy Bogues role, Patrick Beverly, because he's a talker. There you go. And he's small, and he's just kind of – and I think the Muggsy Bogues character was kind of a talker. I feel like that would fit perfectly. So you would do something like Anthony Davis. I feel like you need a bigger guy because you had Barkley and Ewing. Um, But, hell, maybe it's Dirk. What if it was Dirk and Anthony Davis? There you Davis? go. That would be that would be good. Dirk, Anthony Davis, Lillard, Boban, and Patrick Beverly. How about that? 
I, I like that. I think Dirk would be funny. I think Dirk would be. Dirk could almost be that goof that you know that you that you look at because Dirk is a yeah, you know, a pretty goofy goofy character. You yeah. know, so Dirk could easily be that guy. I don't know. I'm. I know my son loves the original Space Jam. We I watch it quite it's often. Great. It's still a good movie. Um, I'm just. I just don't think people like LeBron enough for this movie to be that successful. Like, I think Uncle Drew was marginally successful. I think it's going to be one of those movies that now that it's out, more and more people have seen it. Like, I think Uncle Drew was a pretty, pretty funny movie for what it was supposed to be. the Kyrie Irving one? It was. I thought it was. I was watching it one day, you know, had a couple beers. Is that a real movie or was it like a made-for-TV movie? It was a real movie. It was in the theaters and everything. Now, where he went is he got a bunch of retired players to play uh, the roles of, of his teammates. So he didn't go the actually NBA route. But... Uh, it was still a pretty okay movie for for kids and everything. It was there was some funny parts and everything. Wasn't like, there that Kevin Durant one too, like Thunder Charged or something? Yeah, like that, that was bad. That was bad. That was bad. <laughs> I think it's Kevin. That's right alongside of like Just Right. So Common played a basketball player, and like Dwayne Wade was in it, and uh, Rashard Lewis, and a bunch of guys that were just kind of just. You know, D Wade is cold clearly, but Dwight Howard was the other guy I'm thinking about. Maybe was, Dwayne Wade would be in the new Space Jam. He's buddies with LeBron. I could see that. That'd be a good I, one. I could see that. I can definitely see them making some type of banana boat reference you know, <laughs> to those to those guys. But really, why wouldn't they just use his own voice? Like right, just get Mello in there. Absolutely. Get uh, Chris Paul and get Dwayne Wade. And who was there? Anyone else there? Was that the uh, banana boat? That's the four of them, right? That's the, yeah. That's the four of them. Yeah. So you Gabriel get those guys Union. and then like one random dude. No. Yeah. They could definitely do that. Get the make the random dude be like Paul Pierce. This you text know. says, can the guy who plays Tyrion, that's Peter Dinklage, mm-hmm. be the celeb cameo on Space Jam a la Bill Murray? I think that would be. Okay, so there you go. Who's the Bill Murray character? Because Bill Murray comes and saves the day. So which comedian does well, everyone love? Larry David. Can Larry David dribble? I feel like he'd have a hard time walking up the floor. I mean, <laughs> True. I just, I'm thinking Bill of a Murray guy at least was, came in and gave a nice little behind-the-back pass. I'm just thinking of another guy who could kind of personify that role of like really cocky but not super good and a little whiny like i feel like that could be larry david or seinfeld yeah yeah i could see jerry seinfeld in in that role and maybe come in and make a layup see if seinfeld's arm can stretch like that who is the classic player who's golfing with the bill murray character because larry bird was in that if you remember yes so who's cool with lebron now that that's where you got to go okay who who who's lebron maybe that's the Dwayne Wade. I, I think all this stuff hinges on who's cool with LeBron. Because right. if you're if you're not good with him or he you don't really like his style of basketball. Because the, the group was Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, and Bill Murray, right? Those were the three playing when he got sucked into yes. Looney Tunes world. Yes. Uh we're getting a couple of texts here that say Kevin Hart as the team's water boy. I could that's that makes a lot of sense. That could be your uh celebrity cameo that's, that's in actually there. Kevin Hart actually played in the uh, uh, celebrity all-star game, I think two, three-time MVP. Not that very good. That is a perfect fit for the Bill Murray role. Absolutely. It is. 100%. Kevin Hart would be great. I think we I think we need to check because I think we may have just cast Space Jam 2 right here on the fan. Yeah, you thank, thank us, LeBron. Give us some of your lifetime Nike money. Please. Especially if they choose any of these people. Then yeah. that, they, they should know who that came from right here in Portland, Oregon. Tiger now a two-shot lead. Yes. 14 under. Two shots clear of a bunch of guys. He's got two holes to go. If he pars out, I think he might win this. Tiger's nipples are so hard. He's ready to get. <laughs> he's he's knows he's gonna win this. He's he's peeking he's peeking through his shirt right now. Tiger's he really ready for, he really is. Red shirt Tiger the is ready for action. The adrenaline is running right now. 
He just hit a uh, – oh, and the crowd is up and loving hit it. Hit his tee shot off 17. It is straight and clear through the fairway. Starting to look a little bit like that young, confident Tiger. You know, it, it seemed like, you know, he was kind of just hanging in there as an experienced golfer, but he didn't have that that killer edge hey, instinct like hey, the last couple holes. Hey, man, he's back to the Waffle House, bro. Dude, he's – Yeah. <laughs> he's back to the Waffle House. Let's go, Tiger. Be that guy from 1999 that we all fell in love with. It's okay. Throw something into the water. Break your, your nine iron over your leg, man. I'm not tripping. Bring that guy back. That's going to do it for us. I am out next week. I am back home for Passover, so uh, I'll be out there. Rashad and Jesse will hold down the fort, and I'll be back the week after that. Go Blazers. Go Blazers. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.